Hey guys, welcome to the Babylonian Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Babylonian Pastor Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Rob. Uh, thanks for joining us as we talk. Oh, you already heard that. That's my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the intro has already been done. That's 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 my fancy post production that I do, literally in GarageBand, moving two things around. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my defense, uh, we we don't hear that, you know, here yeah, because, like true. you said, it's post. So um, yeah. I feel really damn insane post. Like, hire me for all your production needs. Not really. <laughs> your record would be terrible. so uh this month as we've already mentioned we are continuing in the uh the book of james or the letter of james depending on how you want to talk about it and we are uh here's the thing there's no way we're going to be able to sum up with any real great explanation to you up to this point because we went to we're trying to go through it pretty slowly so if you're interested in anything up to james uh chapter two here a little bit into anywhere to uh, James chapter two up to verse 13, go back, listen to last month and you'll kind of get the general catch up on that. Um, suffice to say, James is, I think here, let me try to sum it up and you tell me if this is, this is maybe helpful. Um, James is a letter written to believers on how to live a very godly Christian life in a practical way. And that's what we've sort of seen up to this point. We're going to continue to see through this month. Yeah, that works. Cool. Awesome. I, there you go. Yeah. Hire me for all your commentary needs. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that is that is the point. That's what he's after. Um, it, it it's really a book that is real. It's it's really good for practical Christian living, right? I mean, that's he's essentially addressing some stuff that was going on. Um, so the letter of James it was would have been sent to multiple places, right? It wasn't just addressed to one church. We've talked about that already. Um, so this this is something that um, even even by that uh, being true uh, is is something that even then spoke to several different things that was going on in several different places that you know needed some work. Yeah. So last month, last episode, we talked about basically was summing up the sin of partiality, uh, mm-hmm. the whole rich poor dynamic that was going on there. And then, so we have to keep that in mind as we go in today. So today's episode is going to be James chapter two, verses 14 through 17, which is really short section. But again, as we kind of talked about last month, every, like, obviously his flow of thought, this all goes together. I think oftentimes what we, even as pastors do sometimes unintentionally is be like, we take out a section and unless you do some really kind of good you know, teaching through kind of what led up to this point, or unless you just do it the biblically right way, which is to preach expositionally. If you don't do that. (laughs) um, Uh, Really throwing those cards on the table there for your sermon reviews, aren't you? I try. I try. I tell people all the cards are usually on the table. Okay. Good. Uh, Expositional, not necessarily the only way, but definitely the best way. Um, So, Mm -hmm. We have to understand that getting up to verse 14 here in chapter two, there's been a lot said that's been important. So um, I'll just read it and then we'll kind of get into it. Uh, so he's obviously continuing a flow of thought. He says, chapter two, verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says to you he has faith, but, uh, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister 
is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? So also, faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So I don't. I, I thought maybe this was a really short section, but I think there's a lot packed in there. <laughs> Quite a bit. I mean, there is. I, I think this this week and next week pack into them. I think one of the great controversies in Christian history. Yeah. Um, because Paul, in several places, um, says that. Uh, faith alone right that justifies faith justifies ephesians, ephesians chapter two right eight and nine for by grace you've been saved through faith um then uh romans three twenty eight. for we hold that uh, uh that uh one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law romans 4 5 and to the one who does uh not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly his faith is counted as righteousness and uh, he goes on right um and I, so I think the, the most clear verse from Paul is Romans 5.1. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here James, right, like historically, um, this has been a situation that uh, causes people to go, well, okay, how do those fit together? Or there will be, um, so... For instance, the Roman Catholic Church back in the day, right? And I would argue still today, this is obviously a problem. This is why we're still Protestant, Protesting, right? But um, but <laughs> that's a new yeah. pronunciation of that. Um, but this is uh, one of the things that um, still goes on, and it this uh, works and faith are actually salvific and both have to be present those both are the things that save you right and that's different than what james is actually talking about here mm -hmm. in fact mormonism would go to this text too and sort of this argument um, because they do a lot of work salvation kind of stuff and Mormonism being a cult, I mean, that, that speaks to how important it is that we interpret this correctly, right? Yeah. Um, so I think part two um, that I've heard, not more recently, I guess, than I've heard before, and I, I'm sure the argument's been there before, but I've definitely heard it pick up more recently, especially with the whole um, argument that a lot of people uh, in more... <sighs> I don't want to label it as progressive, but more that way would be, you know, where it's very much like, well, this Paul's writings aren't really important. Paul's writings are scripture sort of thing. And the idea would be that Paul and James here, the argument that I've heard recently is that James is actually writing against Paul. This is one of his contentions against Paul. Mm -hmm. He's actually writing against the things Paul's teaching. Um, but I, the, the interesting thing for me here is that I, I don't, I know there's been a lot of people that wrestle with that. I get a lot of questions about that. Even, I mean, back in the youth group days, people, the kids would bring that up. I personally have never had an issue with reconciling Paul and James. And I don't know, I mean, I, I guess I can see where people have that, but, and we'll talk about it a little bit, I think, today. But the idea here is that James does not seem to be saying that works are the things that saved you rather than I, 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 he seems to be incredibly in line for, from reading Paul and reading James that they're on the same page. James yeah. is simply saying 
that if you are truly saved by faith, there is going to be this outworking of works in your life. There's going to, I mean, Paul, right? When he talks to Timothy or not Timothy to Titus, I mean, he says to Timothy as well, but Titus like a dozen times in his letter to Titus, he says, do these good works. Like these are a demonstration of the Christian life. And this I mean, is, so you could, you could say um, how many imperative statements or how many commands how many assertions does paul make in all of his letters telling the christian to do something mm-hmm. I, I mean that alone I, I don't know the answer to that because i just thought of that but but th- there's no there's no way you could do that study and walk away with paul didn't expect um you to do works or paul didn't think that works were an important part of salvation. I think that context here, like we always talk about, yeah. is the friend, right? Um, that he's been dealing with, as we talked about at the very beginning, he's been dealing with particular sins and struggles that churches are dealing with from maybe the least noticeable thing, like confidence and trust in God during trials, right? Um, to uh, in uh, 121, he says, therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Um, then he, uh, so bridling your tongue, which we're going to hear more about in the coming weeks, but uh, verse uh, 26 of chapter one, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. And um, then the partiality bit. So he's been dealing with with specific things that are struggles, um, things that they should be doing differently, but they're not. They're not acting like Christians, and yet they claim, well, I have faith, right? Um, And that's really the problem that he's discussing here. It's faith without works at all, faith without proof. That's That's the situation that he's dealing with. That's why verse 14, I think, is the thing that clears up the whole argument because he says what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him he's talking about kinds of faith that's what the whole thing is that's about. A, that's a good distinction yeah so um yeah he's not talking about he's not pitting faith and works against one another or saying that both are the actual thing that save you it's that you can't he's he's basically saying that the whole thing is he's saying uh, you can't you can't say I'm a Christian or I believe in Jesus or I'm I have faith in Christ faith alone right you can't say that and then not have any proof in your life <laughs> that's the yeah. point right well, and he's he's coming off of what we talked about last week as far as uh, verse eight of chapter two if you really fulfill yeah. the royal law according to scripture you shall love your neighbor as yourself and then he goes into this example that he's already come off of of this is how you treat people. So if you're not treating people this way, then what good is it, my brother, if someone says they have faith, but they don't have works, they don't, they show partiality. What good is that faith if you say you have it, but yet you're still showing partiality in that? And then he goes into, and again, there seems to be, and we talked about this last month, that there's this real dynamic of the beautiful truth of the church is it draws... When Jesus saves us, he brings us into a family of so much diversity in regards to economics, thought, background. And this church, James, these churches that James is writing to is clearly economically diverse because he brings up again and again this poor, rich dynamic. 
and calling to the brothers that are, are apparently well off. And he says, verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and you say to one of them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? This idea that like, great, you've, you, you've said the spiritual part, but they're still freezing to death. Like, like what good is that? <laughs> yeah, I think the, the obvious examples that pop into my head when I think about this are all of the times that, um, so this is going to sound uh, a bit jerky and I don't mean it to, um, because I know that, I know that some of the, not all comments, um, uh, don't accompany other works behind the scenes. Okay. So that, that's the caveat, right? That's the uh, thing that I want to clarify first. But one of the things that I always see, right, is this, this tendency that we have as Christians to say, uh, praying for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's all over the place. That's even unbelievers, people who clearly don't follow Christ and don't care to, will still say, prayers sent or whatever, right? In yeah. comments when someone posts a difficulty on Facebook or whatever it is, right? Or TikTok for the young people. I don't know. Um, Early youngins. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I, I'm out of touch. Um, but that that's one of the sort of things that, that I think is a continuous issue. And it's a perfect point to this. Because one, um, how many of us uh, could read a situation that someone might be in and do something about it to help them and are just okay with saying, get, saying prayers to them or whatever. And frankly, how many times is that little comment just uh, an encouragement and not followed with actual prayer mm -hmm. for the person? So it's even, this, this, is, this is something that is still a rampant problem um, in, in the church today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and he, he is calling, the, and this is, I think this is where James is both incredibly practical, obviously mm -hmm. for the believer, but also pretty convicting, or at least should be in regards to James is really kind of laying out all the things for his specific audience, laying them all out and being like, all right, you guys say that you follow, you say you have faith. And it doesn't seem like he doubts that they really love and follow Jesus. He's just saying like the implications of what you're saying aren't all the way worked out. Like you're not seeing it from a perspective that's helpful to you. And he's, he's basically saying like, this is how it looks. I know you don't see it because you're in it, but this is what's happening. And saying like, you think you're loving when you say, go and be warmed. Mm -hmm. But the implications of that is like, you, you, you think you're doing the right thing. Like, it's not like they're being malicious when they're telling the, those that are poor, hey, go and be well. He's just saying, like, there's more to be done there. There's this, this, there's this, this working out of your faith that actually is more full, probably, than yeah. what you even imagine it could be. And so for us, like you said, I think oftentimes there is this sense of, like, I, I, I mean, every Sunday morning, right, when we do prayer requests in church, it's like, hey, let's pray for them. And you go, man, that must be really hard for them. And there are things you could do, right? I mean, we have... There's a couple in our church, an older couple, they can't do a whole lot because they're busy and they're older, but they have a, I know it sounds kind of, I don't know, depending on who's listening to this, this may sound goofy to you, but they have like a card ministry where they literally like in their free time in the evening, write out their birthday cards to people, um, thank you notes to people, just notes of encouragement to people and then send those out. And in a, in a day and age where you don't get a lot of mail, I got one the other day for my birthday 
And it was a little devotional and just a, hey, we appreciate this, this, and this praying for you. And I thought, you don't get that a lot anymore. And that was last week and I'm talking about it now. So it's one of those things where there's, there are these little things that you can do that, that probably seem insignificant. But what James is saying is like your faith, there's like this playing out of what that looks like. This, this time developed that those people can sit home and watch Andy Griffith, right? They, that's, that could be how they spend their <laughs> evening, but they're, they're, they're sitting there and saying, okay, what can we do during our time where we're watching Andy Griffith and maybe write out a card or make a call or go, you know what I mean? There, there are these practical little things. I think sometimes we think this is like big and exhaustive when it could be, but it could be something as little as saying, I'm going to call that person. You know what I mean? It's just the things yeah. that we don't think of. Well, yeah. And I think too, that there, that you have to, you have to have room for, um, you have to leave room for discernment, mm -hmm. right? Because, uh, not, not only is what you said true that, um, I, I mean, this isn't an all inclusive. Okay. Now all of my money except the mortgage must go to the poor this month. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if if that were the case, then there would be no building of wealth among people in the church who then can give more and more, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there, there's wisdom involved there. And two, even in the example that he gives, um, there has to be discernment because scripture also says and teaches that if if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Right. Yeah. So there is a sense in which, yes, this is a heart problem that he's addressing for the, the actual folks who are just um, doing the bare minimum for the sake of doing the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. What he's not saying is give lavishly no matter what in all circumstances without thinking about it and praying about it and discerning and with wisdom. Right. Because what what you're doing, if if you give cash to someone who's just going to go, you know, buy gumballs when they're supposed to be paying a doctor bill with it or whatever, mm -hmm. you're not helping them. That's not giving money to the poor and the needy. That's giving money to someone who's irresponsible and needs to grow first. Yeah. Right? So, so there's discernment with this too. It's not just an all inclusive, you know, uh, he's making a point is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like a command as, as a no matter what. Yeah. And just to sit on that for a second, I think that's a really good distinction that we need to think about a lot. Cause I, we're so apt to come to scripture and make like knee jerk assumptions about things yeah. without, without asking the question of what you just said was, okay, he's saying this, but what isn't he saying as well when he's saying this? Because yeah, I mean, James, in case you guys don't know, or you missed, I mean, he's a, he's a Jew. He's, he's very aware of the old Testament teachings. He, he's, he's speaking what he's speaking here out of those, out of those teachings, with those understanding, with those lenses of those teachings on. So yeah, it is very important to under, I mean, again, we have to understand what he is and is not saying as he's saying this. Um, and I think sometimes again, anybody can twist scripture pretty easily. So to ask those questions and to, to, to actually take some time and not make those knee jerk because this, this, I mean, James, I think I've heard probably as far as the most knee jerky reactions in regards to riches and poor is often misused in that regard. Um, same thing with faith and works. It's a very knee jerky text that people use all the time without kind of working through it uh, for sure. 
So, <clears throat> sorry, the last verse here, kind of that will kind of tie up this pretty short episode with, but it says, so also, um, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I think we can probably dig into that pretty good for a second um, in regards to the, the correlation he's making or I mean, maybe the example he's using. Yeah, well, I mean, contrasting that with what you could call a living faith um, or an active faith, which matches pretty well with the subject matter. Um, uh, faith, faith in Christ demands something. Um, it demands something of us. It, it is something that if, if uh, faith without works is dead, it, what, he, what he's really saying is that's not faith. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's not faith. He, he'll go on to say um, in, in next week that, you know, like, that's cute. That's great. Even the demons have that kind of faith, right? Even the demons will say that God is God, right? Yeah. Um, and they, they doesn't mean that they're safe, right? yeah. <laughs> It doesn't mean they're like safe in the arms of God and they're going to slide into home and make up for what they've done, right? That's, that's not the case. And so faith without works being dead, I mean, I, I think that he's, he really, uh, there's certainly that could be an entire sermon, right? Um, but, uh, but one, one of the main things he's saying here is he's summing up what he's been saying. Yeah. Really that, that these, these two things, um, it, it's, these two things go together and they're inseparable. Um, and so faith without works is, is nothing. It's, it's dead. It's pointless. It's worthless, right? There's, there's not a thing there that you're talking about. You can't claim that unless your life looks like this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, unless there's attempt to, <laughs> to do the things that we're called to do. Yeah. Which we, perfectly. Right. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk about that next week episode because James yeah. in next week episode anticipates the rebuttal to what he's saying here um so without getting into it too much yeah the, this the idea is that he knows that whenever he says faith without works is dead there's going to be pushback um so i i think this is a good time to wrap it up and so you guys can kind of catch up next week because it's good to sit with it for a second and really think about all right faith if it does not have works is dead so is my faith compelling me to go do works or is it just like you said like almost an, you didn't say it but when you said it like my head went to is it just like an easy, easy believism of oh i believe in god then but mm. if it doesn't if it isn't demonstrated in how you you so it's orthodoxy with orthopraxy it's right belief then drives you to right action um, which is, is essentially exactly what James is saying. So next week, what we'll look at is the, yeah, but what ifers <laughs> like, yeah, but, and we'll look at that. Uh, we'll look at that next week. So guys, uh, thank you for listening, watching. If you're watching our, our very, uh, uh, handsome faces, you, you can, you can hit us up for modeling gigs, but that's a whole nother issue. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. And, uh, FYI, given the text today, we'll have a list of our needs, personal needs, uh, in the comment section. So Teslas, I need Teslas. Yeah. Feel obligated. <laughs> See ya.